Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks podcast. Thank you for taking Locked On Bucks your first listen or first watch every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can see awesome stuff like an interview with Coach Lowe from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that David had last week or the fantastic cold open that you don't get on the podcast feed. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. And, of course, we do appreciate you making the Locked on Bucks podcast your first listener view every day. Even on days like this, Tampa Bay Buccaneers losing 29-19 to to the Washington football team. Not a result that any of us expected. Look, yes, I do cover the Washington football team, so I am I am talking to some fans that are very happy with the results of today's game, obviously. Although, I will tell you that some of them are not happy because they would rather have draft position uh, than wins at this point in time. But, hey, it is what it is. Remember days yeah exactly yeah bucks fans can relate so you know what you know what the wise football team fan base is going through so you know i mean you don't want to donate a win you know to the cause but i think you can kind of appreciate what those fans are going through right now uh, as buccaneers fans but yeah 29 19 not a good game obviously from start to finish james and uh yeah i mean before the first snap of the game a false start penalty on on uh, our buddy OJ Howard, who uh, finished the day with no targets, no catches, no stats, no yards, no plays. I don't know. Did he even get back on the game after that false start? I'm not really sure how yeah, that happened. Yeah. He was the first one to congratulate Cameron Braid after he scored a touchdown. That's, like OJ was out on the field numerous times. He was constantly in motion. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like you said, no targets, no catches, no stats, except for one penalty for minus five yards. On the listen, first- he got off the line with a lot of energy on that false start. Like that was a that was a very good get off. Well, yeah, that's you know easy to do when nobody else moves. <laughs> that's true. But James, you know what? Let's 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 call a little bit of an audible before we get to our initial takes. Let's let's hear from a Bucks fan. You want to do that? Sure. Someone else to share in my pain. Hey, James and David. This is uh, Tim out of Lake County, Florida. And this is going to be coming out of Central Florida. Um, First time caller, long time listener. Um, This performance is uh, absolutely ridiculous. Not one. There's no blaming on anybody. The whole team looked absolutely horrendous. Um. I played a little bit of college football myself and uh I kinda I, I can watch the game and understand it. See the blitzes and stuff, nothing to the NFL uh concept. But um this is <laughs> this looks like the old Bucks. It's horrendous. Uh just uh calling to hear your thoughts. Maybe you're online with me. Um this is not what we expect coming out of the Super Bowl guys, but it's embarrassing. All right, five of cannons, go Bucks. Tim, thank you for the call. A first time, long time. Hopefully, you'll uh, you'll continue to call in with a little bit more happiness, right? I mean, you know, don't don't just call in because the Buccaneers decided to go to FedEx Field and not deliver. 
uh, call in when they actually do something good, whenever that might be, because this is two games in a row where it's just been absolute stinkers. Um, I mean, I guess my first takeaway is that this was one of those, any, you know, anything that can go wrong is going to go wrong today. Uh, you, you have a false start, as we talked about on the very first play of the game. You have Tom Brady throwing two interceptions in the first quarter for the first time since 2012. Now, granted, one of them was not his fault. Jalen Darden just straight up coughed up that ball. And I've seen some replays since the game that it looked like it, you know, there it was questionable whether or not it was actually intercepted. Obviously, turnovers are automatically reviewed and they didn't see enough to overturn it. But, mm-hmm. you know, if if Jalen Darden drops that ball it's an incomplete pass it's not a it's not a fumble he never really had full possession of it but it was just it was just bad this the second interception 100 on on brady 100 he he stared down mike evans he overthrew him just air mailed it right to the defense it was just and then losing vita vea at the end of the game like as if you didn't get kicked enough by watching washington march down the field for 19 plays in nearly 10 and a half minutes, then when Antonio Gibson scores what will ensure victory for Washington, that touchdown, Vita Vea goes down, gets carted off the field. David, I don't think we're going to see him back the rest of this year. No, it doesn't look like it. And yeah, I mean, both defenses on the day lost uh, critical players on their team. And look, I mean, for the defensive line specifically, like we can just kind of start there. Uh, you know, you also had uh, an offsides penalty on Dominic and Sue. You had an offside penalty on William Golston. And then you lose Vita Vea there at the end. Obviously, the loss of Vita Vea to injury is more severe than any of the other stuff. But uh, coming off of 11 penalties against the New Orleans Saints, the Buccaneers had six. And, you know, you could look at it one of two ways. That's almost a 50% decrease, but it's also six penalties in one game. And, and you know, and some critical penalties uh, that, again, anytime you're giving an opponent free yardage, you, you just you just can't do that in the NFL uh, and expect to win. I mean, this Washington football team honestly has been one of those teams that you could actually get away with that stuff. But, you know, eventually every every team, eventually even the bad teams are going to show up one day. You look at the Detroit Lions. I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, you know, are supposed to be a playoff team. And I understand they didn't have Ben Roethlisberger and, and all that stuff. But for the Detroit Lions to be on an 0-17 pace to show up to a team that, you know, one player doesn't make an entire football team. So you, you figure they should be able to handle an 0-0, you know, a winless team, the 0-8 coming into this, this weekend. Uh, but, you know, that's just the way it works. And, to Washington's credit a little bit, right? This is this is the best game I've seen Washington play all season, and this is the first season I've covered them, but uh, my co-host over there at Lots on Washington, Chris Russell, he said this is the best game he has seen this team play in a very long time. Like, we're talking years, guys. So that's what you got. You basically just saw the best that the Washington football team has to offer. So when Mike Evans goes in the post-game press conference and says, we know we're better than that team, we just didn't beat them, he's 100% correct. Like, it might be a little disrespectful, and if you're on Washington's side – you might be a little offended or something, but he's 100% correct. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a better team than the Washington football team. They just didn't play better on Sunday in week 10 of the 2021 NFL season. And in the first half, I mean, the, the entire reason you're down 16 to 6 is really self-inflicted wounds. Again. Again. For the second straight week <coughs> of play, of course, and then no no uh, palate cleanser in between there to uh, to make it taste a little bit better but uh more we're gonna get deeper into our own analysis here james real quick yeah there there's certainly more to dive into with this one but first 
Yeah, I, I have a question for you, David, and that is, does this sound familiar? You've got a device that lets you catch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. You've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. We want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device ever again. Best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Back now for segment two here on the Locked On Bucks podcast. Unhappy Monday here at the Locked On Bucks podcast. David Harrison and James Yarko on Twitter at dharrison82 at jyarko underscore bucks. The show at Locked On Bucks. Uh, thank you for making the Locked On Bucks first listener, first view every day, even following losses. Um, I know that a lot of people out there aren't happy, and you know there's no reason to be happy about the Buccaneers losing. But Tampa Bay Buccaneers still six and three, still one of the best teams in the NFL record wise. And you already know these are, these are performances, James, that are not indicative of what this team can do. It's just indicative of what they're doing to themselves. Again, two of the last three weeks, this, the last two games that they've played, unfortunately. And I think it makes it a little bit more frustrating that you're coming out of a bye week making some of these these types of mistakes. Uh, but let's hear from another member of Bucks Nation following this game. Hey, what's up? This Earl from Tampa. I haven't called in a while. And, guys, I'll tell you, this game here really showed that this team is not ready for the Super Bowl, alone make a run in the playoffs. And just Brady, he gave up two interceptions. I know you look bad and everything. But he came back. The offense came back. Cause it, uh, give it to Washington defense. They played a good defense. But the Bucks defense is not good. The defense is back sucks, plain and simple. The secondary sucks. The defense is not getting to the pass where like supposed to. Devin White is good, but he's not covering like he's supposed to. He's open. I'm sorry. He's he just an average linebacker right now. I'm sorry. I just don't see them going back to the Super Bowl. This ain't, this ain't it. The defense is pitiful. I don't want to hear about injuries. I don't want to hear about penalties. They are not good, period. Now, they're going to be still in the lead in the play, leaving the division because the Saints lost. And the Falcons lost, but still, this, this is unacceptable. The defense is just pitiful, plain and simple. And all I can say, look forward to the next game. Hey, go Bucks! All right, Earl, thank you very much for the call. Uh, much appreciated, David. Yeah, I, I get it. Like we've we've been a broken record for ten weeks of the NFL season, talking about injuries, talking about penalties, but those are legitimate reasons for the struggles. Now injuries you really have no control over the penalties most of them are self-inflicted and they need to be cleaned up and they need to be fixed but those are the two big contributors as to why this Buccaneers team as as Earl correctly puts it in my opinion do not look like Super Bowl contenders do not look like playoff contenders you know they got some help from the Titans keeping you know keeping the Saints back a little bit but at the rate that they're going right now, they're going to be lucky to be battling for a wild card spot. And again, a lot of that is out of their control with the injuries. You had Richard Sherman getting ready 
in pregame, lining up with the starters, suffers a calf strain. Now he's looking at being out multiple weeks. Then you lose D Delaney during the game to a concussion. You have Pierre Desir coming in. It's it's a complete mess. So injuries are a big part of it. It's it's not an it's this is the big thing to me, David. The injuries are not an excuse. They are a reason. There is a difference between an excuse and a reason, but the injuries are a big reason why the Buccaneers are struggling the way they are. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't excuse the penalties at all. And it's not a reason for the penalties. So you can't say that the, exactly. the injuries are causing the penalties. That's a lack of discipline. And listen, I saw some people tweeting about how, you know, Bruce Arians has got to get this team, uh, you know, back their discipline back and all this. Like, these are all grown men. These are all professional football players. They know that they're not supposed to jump off sides. They know they're not supposed to commit a false start. You know, they know that they're not supposed to do some of the things that they're doing to cause these penalties. I don't put penalties on a coach. Like, unless it's like constant defensive pass interference penalties, and then the cornerback comes out and is like, I'm just doing what my coaches are telling me to do and playing physical football. Okay, then I'm going to put it on the coach because, coach, you need to tell this guy what he's doing wrong and tell him how to fix it. But when you're talking about false starts and you're talking about offsides penalties, like, Listen, we're in week 10 of the NFL season. If in week 10, coach Lori Locust, coach, you know, Clyde Christensen, Bruce Arians, Todd Bowles, Byron Leff, all of them, if they need to go into meeting rooms in week 10 of the 2021 NFL season and give a block of instruction on how to not encroach or how to not false start, um, your team is already lost. Like that's that's just the bottom line. This so the penalties is not a coaching issue. The coaches are responsible for it. And just like you said, there's a difference between reason and excuse. There's also a difference between responsibility and blame. And the co- I don't blame the coaches for the penalties. They're responsible for them because they're the coaches, and they're going to get into the players' butts about them. Trust me, that will happen. But at the end of the day, these players know what they are and what they are not supposed to do, and that's on them to fix, period. So we'll stay on the defense side of the ball because that's kind of where Earl was on really mostly. So for defense analysis real quick, James, um, yeah, the, the secondary does suck. Like, for an NFL secondary, they're not good. They are subpar. But, but yeah, I mean, they're Ross Cockrell. They're Pierre Desir. They're D Delaney. And they're not even Richard Sherman. Like, again, this team came in. Jamel Dean's the best cornerback in the group. And, listen, I love me some Jamel Dean. But if Jamel Dean is your best defensive back on the field, you got a problem. All right, you have an issue. And, and again, I love Jamel Dean as part of a trio. But when Jamel Dean is your number one, and your number two wouldn't be a number three on any other NFL roster, you have a problem. But it's not a problem they can just fix. Like, there, there's no guy walking around in week 10 that, that the Buccaneers just pull out the street and say, okay, come fix our number two corner problem right now. That's not going to happen. You have to wait to get healthy. The Buccaneers have been able to get away with it to a certain extent, right? But just like everything else, just like a brand-new quarterback that comes bursting on the scene and everything else, once people have film on you, it's a lot harder to get away with some of the things you've been getting away with. So it was kind of bound to happen that people were going to catch up with what the Buccaneers were going to do. That's one part of it. The other part of it, James, and this part I do put on you know, Todd Bowles to a certain extent. Again, I don't know what he said or what they said in the meetings all week, but this defense looked way too tentative. I don't, I don't think I've seen a defense not come out as aggressive in a Todd Bowles defense in a really long time. And I, I feel like they came into this game basically saying sit back let Taylor Heineke make the mistake and take advantage of it versus go attack him and force him into a mistake. And that was a mistake. Yeah. I I'm, I'm going to start on the good side. You had five sacks in this yep. game by the Buccaneers defense. Yep. Outstanding. 
you had Devin White playing an excellent football game. He he did get beat in coverage. He did. I didn't say he played a perfect game, right. but he played an excellent game. Yeah, he had what well, like eighteen tackles, two sacks, three tackles for loss. He looked good. Yeah. Okay. Levante David always looks good, mm-hmm. but you had Jordan Whitehead and Ross Cockrell both get their hands on footballs that should have been intercepted and weren't. In fact. Jordan Whitehead's deflects into the arms of I think it was Carter. Yeah, DeAndre Carter. Yeah, for a 22 yard gain. Yeah. So instead of that being a turnover <laughs> on the Washington side of the ball, now uh, it's first down at midfield. You have to come up with those. Yeah. You take that a look huge. at the last two games. The Buccaneers lose the turnover battle because they're not finishing those kinds of plays. You can go all the way back to the Rams game. Where in the first quarter, it was Jamel Dean that had a ball bounce right out of his arms. You have to finish those plays, especially when you're shorthanded because of all these injuries. And when you don't, it's going to bite you in the butt, just like it did in this one. And the last thing I'm going to say about it, uh, yeah, the, the secondary is terrible. It's terrible for all the reasons that you just said. You were going up against a team that had the worst third down conversion rate in the National Football League, and you let them go 11 of 19. Uh, on third down they went four for five on third down on that final drive and the one they didn't get they scored one play later on fourth and goal they chewed up 10 minutes and 26 seconds of the final 10 55 there wasn't a single human being on earth that thought the washington football team was about to chew up nearly 11 minutes of clock after mike evans gets in the end zone it's like the Bucs have 11 minutes. They have plenty of time to come and take the lead since Ryan Suckup missed the extra point and, and it was a touchdown or, or you lose. Nobody thought Washington was going to do that, but the Bucs defense allowed it to happen. I, yep. I'm i at a loss. Yep. I can say right now there's no reporter over there on the Washington beat that ever would have expected to see that final drive of the game from Washington ever. Like not, not given from this team, not given – for this defense. So yeah, definitely. So yeah, Earl, you're, you're definitely correct. Like this is not a Super Bowl defense this is not a Super Bowl caliber team as is the good news is it's week 10 Super Bowl is not coming next week. They have time to, to get, I would say to get better, but really they have time to get healthy. That's the, that's the key is they have to get healthy. Cause again, and James, and I were kind of talking about this before we recorded. Look, if Antonio Brown's on the field, if Rob Gronkowski's on the field, if Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean uh, and Carlton Davis are all on the field. The Buccaneers win this game, guys. Okay. I have a team that's very much going to play down basically to the level of competition they're facing because they don't have the ability right now to impose their will on people like you saw during that winning streak last year. And that's because they're missing some of those key components. So they're not excuses. They're just reasons why it's happening. But believe me, nobody's flying back to Tampa tonight saying, oh, guys, you know, we'll just, just wait till we get Sean back. Just wait till we get Carlton back. We'll be fine. No, they're trying to figure out a way to make it work now with the pieces they have now because Again, even though the Saints and the Falcons continue to lose, you can't rely on other people to to dictate your future. You need to take a hold of it at some point in time. So we fully expect them to do that. James, let's hit one more voicemail before we quickly hit on the Tom Brady offense, and then we'll wrap up today's episode. What's up, Dave? What's up, James? What an absolutely disgusting display of overall football. Very few bright spots in there, but come on. We start off with two interceptions. And then end with a 10-minute drive and lose Vita Vea? I mean, what do we do on the whole break? You can't tell. I mean, Devin White rushed a little bit more, got some sacks. It was nice, but, man, 
we got a whole lot of work to do. This does not look like a Super Bowl team right now. We do not look. We don't even look like a playoff team right now. I don't know what to say, man. I want to hear what you guys say. Go Bucks. Was that Greco? It sounded like Greco. I believe it's Greco. It sounded, sounded like, like Greco. Greco. Greco, I, I mean, I get it, man. I, I do. It was it was uninspired. It was inexcusable. It was pathetic. It was all the things that, that you want to say. Yeah, um, you and Earl are all saying, and, and we've got more voicemails coming that are yeah, probably gonna, saying the same thing. Some of these voicemails are going to have to spill into uh, into tomorrow. I know uh, our buddy Matt from Morvin, Georgia, DM'd me. He's got a voicemail in. Matt, I don't know if we're going to get to it on this episode or not, but it'll definitely be within the next day or two. Um, as far as the offense is concerned, look, I don't care that Antonio Brown was out. I don't care that Rob Gronkowski was out. I don't care because you were going against the worst pass defense in football. You were going up against a defense that was allowing over 100 yards rushing per game. You were going up against a team that was allowing 28 and a half points per game. There was no reason that the offense should have looked as bad as it did. And I don't understand this new phenomenon, David, of defenses running a cover two shell and offenses not being able to figure it out. Tom Brady has been in this league for 22 years. This was not some foreign coverage that he had never seen and picked apart before, but yet somehow the offense manages to be the most inept thing I've seen since the days of Dirk Cutter. And, well, the days of Dirk Cutter against Washington, and they they can't even put up 20 points. Can't even put up 20 points against this defense? They were... They were without Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Mm -hmm. They have cornerback depth issues that rival that of the Buccaneers, and you can't put up 20 points? Yeah, well, so about that, I will I will be honest with you, though. So the Washington defense ha overall has not been good, right? But I will tell you that the Washington defense over the last three weeks, not including this week, has gotten better every single week. And I mean better to the point where you can see the difference. And honestly, the biggest catalyst in that change is moving Landon Collins from a traditional safety role to more of a linebacker role. Now, they still call him a safety. I don't care. Whatever. It's more for his ego than anything else. But he plays in the box. And ever since they did that and started putting Bobby McCain and Cam Curl back in safety more, the defense has been playing a lot better. In fact, two of, their, two of the last three opponents that they faced before the Buccaneers didn't score 20 points. The Buccaneers are the third straight opponent that the Washington football team defense kept two under uh, 20 points. Sorry, not 30 points. Um so they have been playing better. Now, so a lot of those stats are still still apply, obviously. But I will tell you that you're facing a Washington football team defense that does not represent all of those stats necessarily. And that's basically a little bit of what you saw. But again, a lot of this stuff is the offense shooting themselves in the foot. Some mistake in the foot. The mistake on the penalties. I mean, anytime you set yourself up with first and 15, you're basically just asking to punt the ball away. And then the tip drill uh, inter interceptions and, and stuff like that. Bad reads. You know, Tom Brady learned a long time ago not to lock in on a target against NFL defensive backs or else exactly what's what happened is going to happen. So yeah. And so Greco Earl, like everybody, like everybody's right. This is not a playoff caliber team as it is right now. The good news is neither of the Dallas Cowboys. The good news is neither the green Bay Packers or the new Orleans saints or the Seattle Seahawks or even the Los Angeles Rams. Like they just lost Robert Woods. We'll have to see how OBJ uh, really incorporates into everything, but they've also had games to where they don't look all that great. The Arizona Cardinals are having injury problems now too. So again, I think, and and you and I are keeping this episode a little bit more lighthearted than I think we probably expected to or intended to. 
because Buccaneers fans are very, very angry. We don't want to take away that anger. but We do want to try to keep everything a little bit in perspective and understand it's week 10 and your team is still six and three. Your, your team is still in charge of the NFC South control of their own destiny. And look, the Dallas Cowboys, even though they put a butt whooping on the Atlanta Falcons are not going to go undefeated for the rest of the year. The Los Angeles Rams, even if they win Monday night football without Robert Woods incorporating OBJ for the first time, not going to go undefeated. This thing is a long way from over guys. So we're just, we're, we're, it's kind of like going back to like two years ago, James, where we're like, step off the ledge, like come back, enjoy the view for a little bit longer. Don't jump. Just, just stay back here. Watch the view is going to get better. Just like our friends over at built bar who started off as the best tasting protein bar we'd ever tried James. And then they actually went on pause reformulated the best protein bar on the market because why not get better when you can? And that bar is actually even more better than the bar before it. So Built Bar is twice over the best protein bar you'll ever taste. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar already, you are missing out. Not a single other protein bar in the market tastes the way the protein or the way that Built Bar does. And believe me, I've tried a lot of protein bars during my days. You have to try these yourself to believe them. Most protein bars are chalky, waxy, just plain hard to choke down. Built Bars are soft, covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know you're eating something that's different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar. My wife is actually more into Built Bars than I am. She has one at least every single day. They're low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high in protein, so they're all healthy. They've got all the great benefits. And on top of that, they're just purely delicious with so many flavors available. Another great thing about the Built Bar, they're so mouth-watering. This month, Built is coming out with new limited-time flavors every three to four days, so make sure you're checking the website, Built.com, very often. Go to Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCK15 on your next order, and you'll get 15% off of that of that order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Also want to give a shout-out to our friends over at BetOnline.ag who are back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season with the NCAA basketball kicking off. My my fighting Illini are starting to mow through some people. By the way, uh, go ahead and bet on Illinois against Iowa because the only teams that Illinois can beat are the ones that are ranked 20th. So just FYI, they did it to Penn State, and then they did it to uh, um, somebody else that was ranked 20th. I didn't understand what happened. Oh, it was uh, Minnesota. Mm. So, yeah, they beat the 20th-ranked team. So bet on Illinois against Iowa, and you can do so heading over to Bet Online's new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. That's all one word L O C K E D O N from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Wrapping things up here on a morose Monday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. James Yarko, David Harrison on Twitter at JYarko underscore Bucks at DHarrison82. Football's stupid. Like, that's my big takeaway. Like, football's stupid. Fantasy football is even more stupid. It's Fantasy all- football is stupid. Fantasy football's the worst. I love football, though. I mean, look. No, today it's stupid. Tomorrow it can be fine again. Today it's stupid. <laughs> 
I don't know, man. I, we've we've long had this conversation that I'm not a traditional football fan. I never have been. I just I love good football, and it, it's not always going to go the way that you know everybody expects it to. Like full disclosure, guys. Like towards the end of the game, there. Like and James, you and I kind of have kind of talked about this a little bit. And I've I've been hit up on Twitter uh, a little bit about Bex gave me some crap uh, about her, not like real crap, but like fun, like fun poking crap. Um, you know, I cover both sides of this game. I cover both teams. So it's like, who do you want to win? And I've, I've long said that it's less about logos, more about relationships, right? Well, the truth be told, I haven't met a lot of people from the Washington football side of things, right? I've met a lot of people from the Tampa side of things. So as a game like this goes on, like I want the people that I know to be happy, right? Because I care about the people that I know. So I want the the James Jarkos of the world, for example, to, to be happy. I want the Bailey Adams out of the world to be happy who Bailey who traveled from Florida all the way up to the, to the nation's capital to see that game as a fan. Not, he took the opportunity uh, to go see it in the stands and not have to work it, which is, is, is great. Um, the mats in, in Morvin, Georgia's for example, well, boys, Matt from Morvin, Georgia here. That hurt my face. Just watching it. I think if a dumpster fire and an overturned porta toilet had a child, It'd be something about like what the Bucks played like today. Anyway, on to next week. Go Bucks! All right, so Matt, so obviously we got your voicemail in. That was I'm not really sure how I'm going to find a slide to put up over that voicemail, but I will do my best <laughs> to uh, to work on it. But I don't like people like Matt, right? Like you guys have been a part of my life for the for the last however many years. Like I don't know if Matt's been calling in since exactly when the voicemail line opened, right? But but people like you, like Layton, like like Yousef, like you guys are as much a part of my life as as you allow us to be a part of yours. So yeah, towards the end of the game, I'm like, man, I really hope the Buccaneers pull this thing out because I want to see Greco and I want to hear Matt calling about the comeback and how it wasn't pretty, but it shows the resilience of the team, right? Now, don't get me wrong. There's there's a little bit. There's a part of me that's like happy to hear like LP in Jersey who cover, calls into the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast, happy that his team was able to pull it out too. So. Those relationships are starting to grow, but the truth of the matter is I've been doing this show longer. I've had these relationships with these people longer. So yeah, so part of me was sitting here and it was kind of an eye-opening moment for me. James, we're, we're watching this game. I'm covering, I'm tweeting from both accounts and I'm like, huh, I would actually prefer the Bucks to win, pull this out and win this game. That's interesting because I didn't know if there was going to be that kind of a dynamic. But anyway, so like I said, when we leave this thing kind of lighthearted, it's not because we don't care or not that we don't agree. It's just because... We're letting you all be angry for both of us, if if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. And uh, a dumpster fire and an upturned porta potty having a baby might be the best description of this game I have ever heard. Matt, you weren't lying in the DMs that you had some some strong analysis uh, in your voicemail. That was a solid one, David. Let's go ahead and get to our plays and players of the game, if we can even find such a thing. Why don't you go ahead and kick it off with the play of the game? Uh, yeah, so my play of the game is going to be the Levante David strip. Uh, again, Levante David is always great. He's he's consistent for this team. He always has been. Uh, would have been a third down conversion, yet another third down conversion, right, that the, the Buccaneers defense allowed. Dax Milne, Washington football team's rookie wide receiver, uh, would have had a first down to Washington 47. They already had a 23-13 to 13 lead, so they would have had the ball around midfield with a new set of down. So that really you could have had. That's kind of a turning point, right? You could have had a, a result there where the Washington football team took an even bigger lead than the 10-point lead they had at the time. Instead, the defense comes up big. Levante David specifically gets the ball back for their team. And then... 
Yeah, that leads to my play of the game. Uh, Tom Brady finds Mike Evans for a 40-yard touchdown reception, tying the Buccaneers franchise record for most touchdowns from the line of scrimmage, tying the great Mike Allstott. Pretty, pretty poetic that a 40-yard uh, touchdown is the one that ties number 40. Um, great route by Mike Evans. Great pass by Tom Brady. It was one of the few offensive highlights that we had through the entire game, and that'll lead me right into my player of the game. And it's not flashy, but you tie a franchise record for most touchdowns in team history. You deserve to be a player of the game. Three targets, two receptions, 62 yards, and a touchdown for Mike Evans. In fact, both of his receptions led to points. If you go all the way back to the first half, he he got a short little pass, runs to the 25, takes a face mask where he's just dragged down to the ground by his face mask, gets the untimed down because of the defensive penalty as time expired. That leads to a Ryan suck-up field goal uh, to head into the half down 16-6. to six. So moral of the story is if Mike Evans touches the ball, the Buccaneers are going to score Maybe give him the ball more. I'm just throwing it out there. Work that into the game plan a little bit. Uh, something that we're going to talk about a little bit tomorrow, James. Uh, Leonard Fournette ran the ball 11 times uh, in, in the game total. Yeah. Two of those came at the very end of the game. Nine yeah. times he ran the ball before that. Eight times in the first half. We'll talk about but that more people, tomorrow. But people were complaining about handing the ball off too much. Mm. Devin White is my player of the game. I know that uh, he is not even an average linebacker right now, according to Earl, and I appreciate the anger and the fire. I would say he's an above-average linebacker right now. I wouldn't say he's the best linebacker, middle linebacker uh, in the National Football League. I, I would agree with that sentiment, and I think Devin White, you know, if he's being honest about his own play, would also have to agree. But look, this is a huge step uh, in the right direction. I don't believe he had any penalties, right, if, if I remember not. correctly. Um, so my prediction of him having a clean game came true. Did not have the game-changing takeaway. Uh, that I predicted he would have, although he was kind of close at first. That Levante David punch out was actually credited to Devin White. I was like, "Oh, don't catch it, don't catch it. Just let that, just let, just let it hang, just let it stay." Um, Eighteen tackles, three of them for a loss, and two sacks. I mean, his first two sacks of the season. Obviously, you want him to have at least a sack or, or two uh, before ten games in or ten weeks into the season. But it is what it is. But if he can continue, not continue two sacks per game for the rest of the season, but if he can continue to be an impact player for this defense and that conversation that he had with Levante David maybe triggered something uh, in there for the, for the young fellow, then Devin White is going to return to the prominence that Buccaneers fans need him to be. Yeah. And, and more games like we saw out of Devin White moving forward is certainly going to help this defense heading into this game. Both Devin White and Levante David each only had one tackle for loss on the season. So it's nice to see him start to get that production back, making plays behind the line of scrimmage. Now, if he can work some takeaways into that, uh, you know, the, the Bucks defense could be cooking a little bit. David, we have got to get out of here, but we're going to be back tomorrow with our big takeaways from the weekend. Thank you to first-time caller Tim, uh, long-lost Earl, who finally called back. Guys, please continue to do so. And, of course, Greco and Matt, thank you for calling in. We're going to have more voicemails tomorrow. As David said, we're going to dive into the run game a little bit, our big takeaways, all of that and more. But thank you for making today's episode of the Locked on Bucks podcast your first listen or first watch of the day. Make sure you're subscribing as it is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. But now 
Make your second listen, the Locked On Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. If you want to send in your voicemails, do so at 813-444-5841. Check out everything David and I are doing over at BucksNation.com. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at Harrison 82 and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to one another. Thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.